This is Sandcastle. Now he's standing there where this beautiful masterpiece was in level, on leveled sand, saying to himself, I know there's a lesson in this, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> you know, one thing every one of us have in common is that we've all had storms that come and wiped out our sandcastle. You built life, amen. You built things into your marriage, into your life, and it seems like a storm comes in, just kind of levels the ground. In our text, the Apostle Paul talks about two things needed, especially when storms of life hit. Uh, and I'll talk about them two things. One is God, one is each other. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, we'll start there. So now rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. I know now how to be abased, I know how to be, and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Father, I'm asking you today, God, to bless this word, God, anoint the, the words I speak, God, let there be a grace of God, touch every heart, minister to every life, God, I pray, God, do what I cannot do, God, transform hearts and lives, uh, bring healing, bring deliverance, God, I pray, strengthen your people in Jesus' name. God's people say amen. amen. So I titled this, The Ups and Downs. The ups and downs. Look first on the realities of life. Paul says, I know how to be a base. I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. What Paul's saying here, life is full of ups and downs. Both good and bad happen to all of us. I don't believe there's one of us here that can say, you know what, I never had a bad day last year. I don't think any of us here can say, you know what, uh, I went through last year not touched by any disappointment, any failures, any bad news, but I believe all of us here can say, you know what, I had some ups and downs. I had some good times, had some bad times. Paul says, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And although good and bad has touched all of us, there's a truth there when bad things happen, when tough times come, Satan and hell gets very loud in our hearing, doesn't he? When the bad happens, when our sandcastle's been leveled, uh, and we're standing there on leveled sand, uh, listen, Satan and hell can get very loud in our hearing. He says to like, God's not going to help you. Uh, amen. God's not for you. Nobody cares about you. The church is against you. Uh, and how many of that stuff gets loud, doesn't it? When you're going through things, especially if nobody's calling you, nobody's checking on you, uh, these things, get very, you know, Satan can get very loud, but there's a truth this morning that we all have ups and downs in life. It's just a part of life. Not every day is a top the day or top the world day. Paul had some hardships. He knows what he's talking about. I'm going to mention a few. He was shipwrecked. Now, to you and I, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. We kind of read over it very quickly, shipwrecked. Uh, but then that was your transportation. It'd be like today being in the desert and your engine blowing in your car and all your tires going flat. There's no way to escape. You're there. Uh, Paul, I mean, shipwrecked. They're, uh, they're, uh, they're out there in the waves and the cold, the wind. Uh, he said, I've been shipwrecked. 
A couple of things, he's been snake bitten. Now, I've been bitten by a snake, but not a poisonous snake. He said, I have a thorn in my side, been stoned and left for dead, beaten and thrown into prison, betrayed uh, by some of his closest disciples. Uh, so Paul, when he says, hey, you got some ups and downs, he knows what he's talking about. When he says, man, I have learned to abound and to suffer need. Uh, I've learned uh, through the ups and downs of life that God is good. Uh, Paul didn't backslide. In these down times, he didn't get hard-hearted. But he said, I've learned to stay saved. I've learned to keep the victory and to stay right uh, uh, when the days of hard and difficult come. Uh, Paul's telling us, listen, uh, uh, life is full of ups and downs, but you have to learn uh, that God's good. And in these times, if you stay faithful to God, uh, you make it through these times. Paul had some incredibly good days as well. Acts chapter 9, he saved and called into the ministry. It's always a good day when you're saved. When God pulls you out of sin, God delivers you from whatever you were involved in. Amen. That's always a good day. Called into ministry, that's always a good day. Amen. Acts chapter 11, Paul went on a missionary journey. Uh, amen. God called him, him and Barnabas go these other cities and nations, preaching the word of God, ministering uh, to different people. And different, that's always a good day. If you follow Paul throughout the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, Paul established many churches, uh, discipled many men, Timothy being one. So he had good days. So Paul's talking about some experience here uh, when he talks about, listen, life has its ups and downs. There's good and bad. Uh, sandcastles get leveled to, uh, for the best of us. 2 Corinthians 12, 2, one of my favorite scriptures uh, in the Bible, it says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, rather than body, I do not know, rather than other body, I do not know, God knows. Such a man was caught up to the third heaven and, he and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to hear. That's a good day. Amen. Paul, I don't know if he's in a prayer meeting, all of a sudden he's in heaven. Uh, I'm not sure how he started it out, but uh, he's in heaven. I'm not sure he's given, I'm not sure how it all happened, but he said, man, I heard some things. I heard some things. I knew I was in the presence of God. So we have good days. Uh, all of us can mark on the counter. That was a good day. Uh, maybe it's just simply you and your wife had a good day together. No arguing, no complaining. Uh, it's just a good day. Your children are uh, without complaint that day, without much problems. <laughs> Amen. That was a good day. Uh, and you say, man, maybe we had some good friends over. We had some uh, uh, fellowship. That was a good day. So we can mark the calendar, look at it. Uh, we've had good days. Life was full of ups and downs. You know, there's a truth in all of life. We have victories in God. Or let me say it this way. To have victory in God, to have victory in ministry, to have victory in life, period, uh, we can't play the victim. Now, I believe this is what Paul is getting at in our text. So Paul said, listen, there's ups and downs in life. Uh, you can always have victory as long as you don't play the victim. I want to beat that drum for a second. You know, when your day's hard and difficult, it's not because God and people are against you. It's not because God's mad at you or nobody likes you. It's just you've had a bad day. Paul didn't play the uh, victim here. In his difficult hour, he said, though, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. It's not that people don't uh, care about you. Sometimes, one, uh, they don't know you're having a bad day. Wow. 
How many's had a bad day and nobody knew about it, but in your mind, uh, nobody cares about me and we can play the victim. Nobody likes me and no, God doesn't even, well, no, the reality is nobody even knew you had a bad day. Two, uh, maybe they don't have the means to help you. Three, uh, maybe this is something you just need to get the victory over. I've had bad days where I've just had to learn how to get the victory over certain things. Uh, it was, nobody could have called and said anything to me. Nobody could have came over and done anything. It's simply I had to learn to get some victory over this thing. Uh, I've had days like that. See, what helped Paul, he viewed people as good. He said, he said these words, though you surely did care. He viewed the church as people did care about me. I'm around people who do care about me, do love me. I know God loves me. Uh, and when we view life like that, it's hard to be a victim. It's hard to have that victim mentality when we view life. Uh, you know, the church is good. People do care about me. Uh, I'm just going through something. Most of the time, it's not that people uh, uh, are, are, are mad at you or against you. We have to learn how to get through life as not being a victim. You know, when you've got a victim mentality, you think like this. Nothing's ever your fault. How many of you talk to people? It's never their fault. <laughs> it don't matter what happens in life, it's not my fault. It's always his fault or her fault or somebody else's. That's a victim mentality. Uh, and you can't, when you live life like that, it's very hard to ever have the victory long anyway. Two, uh, you can never take responsibility for your own actions. Uh, uh, three, you never, or you're always pa uh, pro uh, in a bad mood or negative. Uh, uh, nothing. You know, the sky can be blue, the sun shining stars, uh, uh, but somewhere you'll find a cloud there. You say, it's going to rain today. I know it. It's going to be a horrible day. Uh, you can't live life like that. Paul's saying, listen, uh, you're going to have ups and downs in life. You have to learn how to flow, amen. You have to learn how to keep the victory through times of hard, difficult time in life. You can't play the victim because you're not going to get anywhere playing that. People are victim mentality, always complaining. Let me move to my second point. Look, staying close to God here. Paul, le Paul learned in whatsoever state he was in to stay close to God. Look at his words here. He said, I have rejoiced in the Lord greatly. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, when you rejoice in the Lord, uh, you have strength to face and overcome. Paul said, I rejoice, Lord, greatly. Uh, uh, amen. I'm rejoicing in God. These things are not going to move me out of my relationship with God. These things are going to move me uh, to in a, in a gray area or black area where I'm, I'm angry at God. Uh, but he said, I rejoice, Lord, greatly. And in that rejoicing, you have strength to, to face and overcome. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, and I believe this is how we stay close to God here. This word rejoice means to show joy or delight. Paul's making a decision that no matter what happens in life, uh, I'm going to keep my attitude, my mind, and my heart right. doesn't matter what happens in life, I'm going to gr rejoice greatly in God. I'm going to keep my mind, my heart, my attitude uh, right and correct before God. So how does somebody stay close to God? And I believe there's two or three things we can see here. One is through prayer. First Timothy 2, Paul said, I desire therefore that all men everywhere lifting, lift up holy hands. Paul's a man of prayer. As you look at his life in Scripture, you follow 
the books that he wrote and the, the situations he was in in life, uh, he's a praying man. He prayed, he believed God, uh, and he stayed close to God. He's writing to Philippians. Uh, listen, uh, you can have your ups and downs of life, but listen, if you're praying, you stay close to God. Give you an example, Acts 16, Paul is beaten and thrown into prison. Verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to him. See, when you're a person of prayer, you know where to go when things go wrong. Paul's not complaining, but say he's praying, uh, and added to his praying, he's also singing. Uh, you, know, you know, if you can sing, Old the Blood, whatever song you like, uh, when you're being stoned and beaten, I'd say you got a good relationship with God. Paul is praying, but it goes beyond praying. Uh, he's not just singing. Is, singing is a statement of joy. Uh, it's a statement of, uh, you know, you're worshiping. It doesn't matter. So Paul is praying. Uh, he had to do that singing in this very difficult hour. How you respond to times, these times affects other people. Paul's not only influenced in his disciple Silas here. Remember, Silas is there praying as well. But Bible said all the prisoners listening to him. You know, people watch us to see how we go through things. <coughs> Excuse me. People watch me as a pastor, especially if the whole church is going through something. I mean, you know, sometimes the church goes through things. And they, first thing they do is they see if pastor's moved. Is pastor flipping out? Is he all messed up? You know, people watch you as a mom and a dad. It's just a... A person in the church, they're going to watch and see how you face things and go through things. Uh, Silas is no doubt watching Paul, Pastor Paul. He joins in with Paul in prayer and singing. Uh, and all the other prisoners are watching and listening as well. So people watch us. Uh, Mom and dad, your children watch you. So you have to be careful that you stay close to God in these times. So I believe that prayer is the first key, staying close to Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus said himself, Luke 18, 1, he said to his disciples, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So the question is, are you a person of prayer this morning? Because if you're not, the tendency is going to be complain. And, the, and if we're not careful, we can get that victim mentality. Nobody likes me. God doesn't like me. Uh, everybody's against me. That's not true at all. Paul said you're having an up and down life as normal. Two, uh, the second way we stay close to God is through involvement. See, involvement is participating, whether it is a good time or a bad time. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, In the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, uh, they took him alone, alone in the boat as he was, and other little boats were with, also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat, so it was already filling. But he was a but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There's a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why are you? Why do you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And said to one another, Who can this be? that even the wind and the sea obey him. See, involvement simply allowed them an experience here. This involvement allowed them to experience Jesus uh, 
uh, amen, in this storm. It, you know, when we're involved, uh, uh, the, it allows us to experience storms. How many of live storms sometimes? As a group, as church, as ministries, uh, but also allows us to see the miracle. Uh, amen. Without involvement, you're, you, you don't get the experience. Amen. So we need these experiences uh, in our life as Christians, as we're involved. We're simply involved in the things of God. Well, yes, the storms come, but the miracles come. And we get to experience, we get to see what God will do. Uh, so one, we're going to have to pray, stay close to God. Two, we've got to stay involved uh, if we want to stay close to God. And three, we have to stay faithful to church. Let me say this. I understand a pandemic, but I also understand our need for being in the house of God. I understand the pandemic. At first, we had to do whatever we could, and we still had to be careful. But listen, there's a need uh, to be found with God's people. John 20, verse 24, Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord, and he said to them, Unless I see his hands in the prints of the nails, and put my fingers in the prints of the nails, and put my hand inside, I will not believe. So the truth here is, when you miss church too much anyway, you miss Jesus. When you miss too much church, for some reason, uh, uh, Thomas is not there that day. Maybe uh, he got up hungry, had to go eat somewhere, whatever. Uh, uh, maybe he just didn't feel like going. Uh, Jesus had just died. Uh, uh, but for some reason, he's not at church. The truth is, uh, when you miss too much, listen, uh, uh, you, miss, you begin to miss things that God wants you to see. See, there's truth here. God does some things only when the people are gathered. See, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and all were in one accord in one place. Amen. So God waited to the perfect setting uh, when people were all together, when the church was there. Uh, God said, I'm going to move powerfully. You know the story. Uh, that's when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the rushing Mighty wind came from heaven, fire and wind, uh, and all that. But it's very interesting. God said, when everybody's together, so uh, when we stay out of church too much, amen, we're going to miss things we need to get. I believe the four things that stay close to God, uh, amen, is when we stay, be a giving people. Jesus said in Luke 6.38, we've used this a lot, but let's read it one more time. Given it shall be given to you, good measures pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will they put into your bosom? For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, God pours out his treasure when our treasure is given to the kingdom of God. When we simply are a giver to the house of God, the things of God, uh, and we're close to God, that's a natural thing. Uh, and God said, I'm going to pour out my blessing as well. Uh, and I believe as we see God blessing us, we see God moving in our life, uh, it encourages you and I to, to stay in the flow, doesn't it? It encourages you and I to stay in what God is doing. So I believe there's just, these are some keys here to help us. Acts 10, 1 and 2, there's a certain man in Syria called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all of his household and gave alms generously to people and prayed always. Uh, it's interesting that 
He's a praying man, faithful man, but he's also a giving man. Look thirdly, Paul says another thing that's going to help us greatly with all of our ups and downs in life uh, is our relationship with each other. I really want to home in on this one. Uh, we need each other regardless what you may think. We need each other. God built us that way where uh, we need to be connected, stay connected. Uh, there's a strength given to one another's way as we're connected to each other. We need to be found uh, in the house of God. Nevertheless, he says, you have done well that you share in my that you shared in my distress. You know, God made us a social people. And we work best when we're connected to each other and we're fellowshipping with one another. Uh, amen. So in, uh, in creation, God made Avenue to flow together. I'm going to make you uh, a help make comparable somebody that you can fellowship with, link hearts with and life with. Uh, and that's true with all of us in life. You know, this pandemic is bleeding something I believe very destructive to the church, uh, and that's isolation. Because one, isolation, you miss experiences. You miss experiencing God's presence uh, as we worship and as we serve in the church. Uh, and when you're, uh, when you're not here, you miss that. Uh, you miss what God is doing right now, what you feel right now, what uh, God is doing in the atmosphere of his church right now. We're not present. You miss that. You miss an experience that needs to be. And two, you miss the physical talk and laughter that comes with just being among the brethren. I enjoy coming to church and seeing your face and talking to you, hearing your story, and hopefully you enjoy hearing my story. But there's something God put in us where we need each other, amen. We need to be together, and we need that uh, fellowship among each other. Like last night, the marriage seminar, I mean, it was great. All of us there together, speaking the same language, being ministered to. What a wonderful thing that was. The teens last night, what a wonderful thing uh, as we all came together to support them. Uh, uh, but there's strength as we are together like that. And three, Satan is involved in isolation. Genesis 3, Eve is alone and the servant's able to lie to her and deceive her. Now I've seen that with other people. When you isolate yourself, it's easy to believe things that aren't true. It's easy to be moved off the mark that you once stood on. Uh, and when your sandcastle is wiped out, it's very easy to be discouraged and misinterpret that, hey, God doesn't like me. Let's see the truth here, 1 Corinthians 12. God says we're a body. He says this way, the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is therefore not of the body. If, I, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the, be the hearing? If the whole body were the hearing, where would this be the smelling? But now God has set each, each member, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So in other words, you're a spiritual body part in this congregation. Whether you're a hand, a finger, an arm, uh, that would be worked out one time at some point. But the point is that uh, every one of us is part of a body here. God says, well, you're a body of believers. Uh, and we can't say because I'm not a hand, uh, I'm not an eye, I'm not important. You're important here. 
Listen, your presence is felt uh, just as much as it would be physically. Uh, I guarantee you, your arm, the presence of your arm being on your body is felt. When you go to pick up something, uh, that, that arm being present there is very much felt. If that arm wasn't there, it would be felt as well, amen. So when we're not a part of our spiritual body, amen, it's felt. People say, oh, you don't miss me, I'm just me. No, we do miss you. If you're not here, we miss you, amen. If you're not here, it's more than just your seat's not full, but there's a part of the body that's missing. And the Bible said we're a body here, and Paul is giving credit to that in our text. Listen, we need God and we need each other. Your absence is felt as much as your presence is felt. Here, Paul said the reason it's so important that we be together is that we share each other's distress. This is very important here. This word distress means is anxiety, sorrow, pain, suffering, and trouble. Paul said it's good because you shared in my anxiety uh, when I was in pain and sorrow, suffering, uh, when I was in trouble, Paul said, you shared in that, uh, just you being there, me be able to talk to you, see you, uh, you communicating to me. Uh, he said, man, that helped me. How many has been down before? Just a phone call. Or somebody said, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm, for, I'm praying for you. I'm telling you, it's all the difference. Amen. It's all the difference when you have somebody close to you uh, uh, to speak in your life at a critical moment. How many times have you come to church distressed? People may not know your situation, but man, you're anxious. You're in sorrow. Maybe there's been a loss or something that happened. Maybe you lost a job. Uh, nobody knows that, man, you're feeling it. And just the presence of somebody there saying, hey, uh, it's going to be okay. If anything, look, just call me up. Uh, I'll help you. That makes all the difference. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of some. And let me say, I believe some's taking advantage of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to sit at home on the couch in your jammies uh, and watch live stream than put your clothes on and come to church. But you miss the experience. Paul said, don't forsake uh, the assembly. There's something special about coming to church. Uh, there's something special about coming and linking hearts with your brother and something needed. Uh, don't forsake that. Don't push it off as I don't need that or, or that's not important. That's very important to our spiritual uh, climate in the church and to your spiritual life as a person. You know, there's a song out there that says, Love God and Love People. How many's heard that? Both needed. Verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked upper. Paul's talking about both here. I rejoice in the Lord greatly, but man, I, it was so nice to see you carried as well. Man, I, I love God with all my heart, but man, when you come around, man, just you being there, you being, your prayers, your, you know, he's giving crazy. Man, I need both of these. Scripture, Jesus says, where two or more are gathered, there I am. God's in with it, man. The body shows up. Acts uh, is when they all came together. As I said earlier in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came. There's something about when the body's together. Uh, there's something about when the body's together. There's strength. There's joy. I mean, last night, I can't express how, man, I was in tears. I'm, these teens are 
It's more than performing, man. They're ministering. They're, they're growing. The, the love of God's on them. Man. You have to experience that. You can't just see that from afar. You can't just hear about that. That's something you have to experience. And that's as we came together, the house of God, uh, uh, amen, we were able to experience that. Let me close here. I talked about the realities of life. Listen, life is full of uh, good and bads. You have your ups, you have your downs. Uh, your sand castles are going to get leveled once in a while. Part of life. And when that happens, you can't get this mentality, uh, this victim mentality where nobody likes me, I ain't even going to come to church anymore. They don't, they don't even know if I'm going. You know, that, you know, don't even think like that. Paul viewed people as good. He said, man, I, I know you're good. And I know you love me. I know you slack some opportunity. Talked to, a second, I talked about staying close to God. Listen, you have to pray. You have to be involved. You have to be faithful in church. Uh, and giving helps as well. Because that keeps us together. That keeps the body strong. Uh, amen. As we're praying, as we're involved, as we're faithful, as we're giving. Uh, these are things that helps the body stay strong. Uh, and also helps us stay personally strong. We're talking about our need for people. God created a social being. That's why isolation feels so weird. You know, when you're never connected to anybody, it just feels, feels wrong, doesn't it? Because we're not made like that. God said you need to have some people over every once in a while. You need to have some connection. You need to have some fellowship because I made you that way. I wired you that way. Again, Paul said, I rejoice in God, but it's good to see your face as well. Listen, we're a body. Corinthians, he puts it very good. Just as a physical body, we couldn't live without any of these parts. Spiritually, we can't live without you either. You may just be a fingernail, but man, you're an important man. You don't believe me, lose your fingernail. I remember we're building this building up here. Man, I sledgehammer smacked my big toe twice. Uh, I lost my toenail. I missed that toenail for about six months. <laughs> when you don't have one, it's tender. Anything you touch, anything, man, you're, you're crying and ouching, man. You miss it. So you may think, well, I'm just a nail. Listen, you're important. You're needed. You may be an eye not even know it. Maybe an ear not even know it. You may be, who knows? I mean, but God says you're a part of the body. And God will make us what he wants us to be as time goes on. But listen, you're important that you're here. And Paul says, listen, uh, uh, I've had my ups and downs, but I'm praying, but it's also good to see you. And I encourage you, man, don't let the devil discourage you when you're on a down. When you're in the ups and downs, your sandcastles uh, getting wiped out. Don't let the devil speak in your ear and say, nobody likes you, God doesn't like you, just stay away. That's not true. But stay close to God value each other. I believe God's going to keep giving us revival. I want to bow our heads this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed.